Hello, welcome to the Shumcast. I'm Tony Shump, real bad. Hello, Dominican, Oh my God, I'm busting to get out of my house. Why, why, why? I've been sick for two oh, weeks. Yeah. Two weeks I've had COVID and that no, bloody no, no, flu. No, no. I just couldn't, mate. What? We got it at the same time, the COVID. I oh, know! It was on the same, pretty much the same day. It was day. pretty much the same. And people mate, were saying, where's the podcast? I was by myself mate, for two I, weeks. I couldn't even type a, a, a note on the Mate, computer. I couldn't eat. Because I couldn't do anything. No! It was... Um, Jumping um, out of our skins! Yeah. Oh, and my God. And it lasted a week. Yeah, mine too. One mine week. two it's weeks. Like, it's like the you know game. who your friends are, don't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I had a couple of friends that just you know, dropped They say you've got to isolate for seven days, right? Yeah. And it was like... It was like it started on a Tuesday, finished on a Tuesday. It's like the government programmed it. I know, right? You know what I mean? No, mine went for two weeks. Two, two weeks? Two, two bloody oh, weeks, two mate. Weeks. Nah, you're walking around like bloody No, around. I wasn't. I was yeah. at home. My daughters would go and drop some food off at my yeah. front door. They wouldn't come anywhere near Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But and then they'd go. So I'm you know who your friends are? I had friends that you didn't even call. You know what I mean? <laughs> Unbelievable. I told you my girl. You by yourself, right? Yeah. Which is a good thing, you know, yes. you should, because oh, you've, got, you've got a few problems there. So yeah, that, no, you know, that, and I've got family upstairs. I had a few people, but you know yourself. But, but anyway, that's that. So we're, we're better now. We're all ready yeah, to go. Yeah, all good. All uh, good now. Who have we got on the show today, Don? Oh, my God. Daniel Lacey. Daniel Lacey. She was, she was with Kylie Minogue on the locomotion. She choreographed. Oh, really? She yeah. How do you say that word? She choreographed. Choreographed, yes, choreographed, yes, she choreographed right, yes, the, yes. the local. So she was in the video clip, or she? she, she well, she directed it. She, uh, well, she, I think she was in the clip oh, and we have, directed we'll it. We'll have to ask her. Yeah. Well, we better ask yeah, her because yeah, yeah, she yeah. was in the countdown clips too. Yeah, yeah. She's yeah, the choreographer and yeah. little, little, little. And she was, the countdown she was in the factory there with uh, I don't know if she was Dylan. Alex Paps and yeah. Cameron Daddo. Lewis there? No, that was after. Who? 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 Dylan Lewis. He was in. No, no, nothing to do with that. No, she was before him. Yeah. And she's studying law now. I'm going to have to ask her about all that sort of oh, stuff. Oh, really? Yes! Studying law? How do you know that? Well, because Ooh. I know. Because Ooh. the Werribee Whisperer, oh, you know what the Werribee Whisperer, <laughs> we pay him lots of money and he comes up with lots and lots of um, stuff. Coming on after the break, who we got? Tanya Lacey! Hello, would you please welcome Tanya Lacey to the Shumpcast. Yeah! Go on, you go. Hello, you go. Tanya, right? Good. Yeah, I'm great. Oh, good, I'm good. great. Look, the first thing I want to ask you about your show there uh, at the uh, Butterfly Club uh, coming yeah. up next week in the city. Uh, oh. Everything's coming up roses, so we're pretty. You're pretty excited about that show. Um, but what we'll do, we'll talk about that later. That's happening next week, is it? Yeah, uh, the 26th. Oh no, sorry, 30th of May to June the fourth. Oh wow, fantastic! Yeah. All right, beautiful. So. Yeah, everything is coming up roses, or is it? Yes, it is. It is. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Tanya, can I just ask you a question straight off the top? Yeah. Now, you were yeah. born in Singapore. I was. Oh, my I God. Was. What happened? What, what happened? Army brat. Um, my dad was in the Army at that point, and okay. they were posted to Singapore, and that's where I was born, and then we went back again when I was about seven. Well, he went, he so. went back to Queensland because you ended up in Ringwood and St Kilda as well, yeah? Yeah, well... Once we came back from Singapore the yeah. second time, we moved to Melbourne and um, yeah, settled in Ringwood. So from Ringwood, you moved to St Kilda? Oh, I moved to St Kilda as soon as I could. Okay, so as soon as you got, yeah, as soon as you got into Ringwood, you thought, let's get the bloody hell out of here and go to St Kilda, where all the yeah, trendy people are. with my people. <laughs> yes, that's it. 
<laughs> and, and you used to be a, a ballet teacher or something at 16, is that true? Yeah, yeah, I was a ballet teacher. I, I, was a, I trained from when I was about 11. And, you know, I taught ballet um, in Ringwood and Croydon and Glen Waverley. And then I got into the Victorian College of the Arts. Yeah, yeah. And I studied dance there. Well, in my second year... A drunk teacher dropped me and I snapped a bone half of my leg from the top oh half. Oh, my God, did you sue oh him? Oh. Did you sue yes, him? Yes, I did. Yeah. Really? <laughs> and is that how you started in the comedy business? Well, yeah, kind of, because then I couldn't do classical ballet anymore because my leg wouldn't stand up to the, you know, yeah. regime of five hours a day. Yeah. Mm. So I got into commercial dance and I was choreographing fashion parades and film clips and then I was dancing on Countdown and then I got asked to audition for this show. So did Molly, Meldrum, did Molly Meldrum discover you on that dance show? Well, he said to me, I was dancing on Countdown, and he said to me, I was just mucking around, and he said, I'm going to get you to open the show tonight. And I was like, yeah, radio. And the next thing you know, I'm standing in front of a camera like, hi, welcome to Countdown. Oh, my God. <laughs> what, what, what year was that, Tanya? Oh, that's been about 1987. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, and I still remember I had to say, Welcome to Countdown. Now here's Jason and the Scorchers. Don't know where they are now. Who's but... Jason and the Scorchers? Oh, they were Melbourne Band, weren't they? Were they? I don't know. I don't know. That's well, we'll I just to, remember we'll to, what I had to say. We'll have to Google it. Yeah, we'll Google that. Don't worry about that. Because, we'll get them on the show because too. Tanya Lacey's still around, but those other guys aren't, are they? No. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. So you, so uh, you, the brutal industry. It is. Yeah, so did you finish um, your, your VCA course at the uh, School of Dance? No, I couldn't. No, she broke her knee, yeah, that bloody yeah, drunk. You, know, you didn't finish it, yeah, and, yeah. Okay, fair enough. And you know yeah. what? What? They failed me in my second year. Like, they broke my leg and then they failed me. So they broke your legs and then they failed you? Yeah. Mate, and I would have sued them too. I, and that, I guess that was after they'd been served with the summons. Anyway, um, it was like two more years left, and my leg just wasn't handling it. It just couldn't do it. So I didn't finish with the VCA. Okay. But, mm. you know, I got to choreograph for Kylie Minogue. So, you wow. know, what's better? Bachelor of Arts, Kylie Minogue. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, you, you choreographed for, for, for Kylie Minogue, so you taught her yeah. how to dance, basically. Well, no, she already knew how to dance, but if you Google the locomotion film clip, yeah. you will see me in it. Yes, oh, my God, were you in the locomotion? Oh, yes. I was watching the other night, yes. <laughs> oh, my yes. God, you're a superstar. <laughs> <laughs> no, Kylie oh, yeah. is a superstar. No, 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 no you choreographer. Well, wow, so you actually did it all, the video clip and everything, and um, that's amazing. Yeah, and that, no, was, no. that was about 1997, was it? I don't know, that was like 88. Mm. Shit. And then from yeah. there you went on to do uh, The Factory, is that right? Is that, does that... Yeah, well, then... You know, I got this call one day saying, can you come in to audition for a new show we're doing? And I went in to audition. And eventually I got that job, and that was for a show called The Factory. And, and what was and, it? What was The yeah, Factory? It was... The Factory was like, it was a Saturday morning program, music videos, fashion segments, and I, I was basically a roving reporter. Okay. And the thing was that no one gave a shit about what I was doing, like... And it was such a blessing because while they were so busy not giving a shit, yeah. I was kind of just doing my own thing with no, you know, kind of... No confined. direction? No direction? 
Well, I had a great director, so we just got up to all sorts of monkey business and doing all the things that I did without the pressure of, you know, the powers that be at the ABC because they just weren't interested. They just didn't care. And so we got away with so much. And then before they knew it, it was almost like, oh, we've created a monster. Like, (laughs) how is she getting all this fan mail? Like, what? how how did this happen? Oh, my God. you co-hosted no, yeah. with Andrew Dado and Alex Paps, yeah? Yeah, yeah. How did that work? Host. How did that work? Well, I really never saw them because I was always, through the week, I was out filming pretty much every day and then at home writing for the next day. Yeah. And then I'd see them at the recording of the show on a Saturday morning or the live to air show on a Saturday morning and that was about it. But I didn't have a lot to do with them. They were lovely. They were great. Yeah. But I, I barely ever saw them. Mm. Oh, that's cool. And how did that, well, how long did that go for and, and why did it, why did you stop? Oh, well, <laughs> this was the big thing. Um, okay, so once Countdown had been axed, yeah. um, then they put the factory on. Yeah. And then basically the factory was at the height of its, um, you know, it was peaking. It was like so popular. Yeah. And then mm. the news comes down, they're going to act it. Why? Well, yeah, exactly. And it turns out that Molly had made up with Michael Simpson, who was the head of entertainment. And so they decided to bring Countdown back as Countdown Revolution, which is the show that I was put on. And it was a disastrous show. It was just such a disaster. Why? I just kept doing the same thing. Because Molly would turn up with a new host every week. Oh, I found this guy who was um, spruiking at Paran Market. He's going to be our new host. You know, yeah. so it was just insane. I think one time there was like, there were all these people on stage waving goodbye at the end of the show and there were more people on the stage than there was in the audience. <laughs> <laughs> so what, I thought you hosted it. So what, you got I you? did eventually. They sacked everyone and yeah. they put me on as a host with Mark Little. Mark oh, Little, okay. Yeah. You, went on, you, did, you went on strike or something. You did a mock, mock strike or something. That's when yeah, you got the ass, yeah? We did this. We did a couple of things have been going down, and one of them was that you know, like when we were given this job, they were like, "We want anarchy. You can say what you want. You can do what you want. Just go for it." You know. Yeah. Mm. And um, then things, the show started to race, and so you know, then all this payola started coming in, like trips to America, brand new stereo, you know, all Beautiful. these things, and. Mark and I realised that we were the mouthpieces that was getting that for everyone. Yeah. And we were kind of like, this is, you know, well, it was cash for comment before cash for comment. Yeah. Um, and so we decided to put on a bit of a strike about that and just let that be known. And then we got fired. Well, what do you mean strike? So you, you were actually on the show and what, didn't talk? No, we went on live to air and they gave us the rundown and everything. Yeah. And then we went on and threw away the runway, the, the rundown, and just went, okay, so here's what's going down. <laughs> we just and, had living. <laughs> um, and we did that. And then they accused us of hijacking a television station. Yeah. Um, and they were going to charge us and put us in federal prison. What? Um, <laughs> Are you yeah. kidding me or what? No, I'm not. Insane. They were going to lock you was, up. Yeah, they were like, you have committed a federal offence by mm-hmm. hijacking your TV station. Oh, my God. Wow. And, yeah, like, I mean, they, they eventually let go of that. But, yeah, it was just 
such a storm in a teacup and essentially I didn't know this but the show Countdown Revolution was about to be act but once we did that yeah they decided to keep it running because they didn't want to lose space oh, okay uh-huh. but 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 you got the ass so so what happened to you after that did you went to to do a couple of um one woman shows yeah, yeah. I mean, basically, no one would employ me after that. So I decided mm. I have to do my own thing. I have to write my own stuff. And so I did um, a couple of shows and I wrote some short films that won awards. And, mm. you know, I, I just realised that there was no way that I was going to fit into Australian television. Yeah. And that I had to create my own kind of way. And so, so that's what I decided to do. So the two one-woman shows, you did All of Me in Australia and you did mm. Suburban Refugee in LA, in the USA. Is that true? Yeah, that's true. Mm. That is very what, true. What were they about? Well, well um, let me see. Uh, All of Me was sort of like a confessional about, you know, like having been, you know, on TV and then sort of what happened afterwards and yeah. the mess that my life became. And then uh, Suburban Refugee was really about being an Australian in America and just not knowing how to fit into this uh, capitalist kind of <laughs> and how, society. How, and how did you fit in over there in America? Oh, I didn't. You didn't? didn't. No. Be- no, look, the thing is that, you know, everyone in LA works in the movie business. Yeah. Okay? And it's... And, and there's an element of it that's really sad. So, mm. you know, I'd be in a taxi and the taxi driver would be like, oh, you know, what do you do? Oh, you know, I'm a comedian. Oh, do you have an agent? Yes, I have an agent. I've written this script. Can you pass it on to them? So the cab driver's handing me a script that he's written. <laughs> oh, and I'm, yeah. I'm plankton. <laughs> like, no one cares about me. Yeah. And then, you know, like, I'm just some lowly person who hasn't, you know, gone anywhere yet at this agency. And then on top of it, my husband was in L.A. He became my husband. We met in L.A. He was working on Mission Impossible. Ooh, dun, 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 dun. Yeah. Dun, 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 yeah. dun. I love yeah. that. Yeah. And um, he... He hated it, and he was top of the food chain. And I was plankton, and I hated it. And we saw what it took to make it, and neither of us were those kind of people. Okay. So we decided, because it's just so fake and fraudulent, and yeah. I just couldn't do the lying and the bullshit yeah. to sort of... And, and so we went, if we're both unhappy and it's no better at the top, then what are we doing here? You auditioned for a, an Ellen DeGeneres sitcom, didn't you? While you were there? I did. She called me in. What, what did she say? It was exciting. Oh. It was so I reckon she liked you. I reckon she liked you. But anyway, what, what, what happened? She was a fan. I told you. Yeah. yeah. Because I've written this film called Tiziana Buberini. Tiziana Buberini. Yes. 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 A short film done, yeah. done at BCA. With anyway, um, let her talk. Let yes. her talk. Which was turned out to be a shit fight with Miramax because the director put his name on it as the writer and he wasn't the writer. No, and you were the writer. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. But anyway, she had seen this film. Yeah. And she became a fan. Loved it. Loved me. Yeah. So then called me in to audition for this at the show. But the show never went ahead. Okay. What, so what, what was it about? It was... I didn't know a lot about it. Like, basically, all I had to do was go in and talk to her. Yeah. And... Um, 
you know, see if you like me. Yeah. And she gave me a bit of a rundown, like, I sort of want you to do the kinds of things, like, you know, roving reporter stuff. And I was like, yep, can do. Yeah. And, um, but then the show didn't go ahead, so. Oh. Mm. And yeah. what year was that, Tanya? Sorry? What year was that? That was in 2000. Oh, okay. Oh, shit. That's when my mm. babies were born. Mm. And you, you actually <laughs> wrote and directed. Uh, you, you wrote the uh, Tiziana Bombinieri m- movie. Mm. Mm. Great. Yeah. I, I watched it the other night. It was on um, YouTube. I watched it. Yeah. Well, yeah. it's a great little film. And Lovely, the problem yeah. that I have with it is it's probably the greatest piece of, most famous piece of work I've written, but it doesn't have my name on it as the writer. Well, why? That director stole it and put his name on it as the writer. Well, can't you? Can't you? Could get you, it back? Can't you sort of take his name off it and, and put your own uh, name look, it, it, it became a sick fight in America. And you know what? Mm. As big as Hollywood is, it is a small town. And so so I was getting threatened by this guy, um, the director. You know, he was threatening me with all kinds of things for, you know, if I was going to let this secret out. And in the end, I said, look, I've had enough. I'm going to get a lawyer. And so... Miramax had bought the rights to Tiziana Bugarini. They wanted to make it into a feature film. Yeah. And I, my claim was, fine, make a feature film. I just want my name on the credits from yeah. a character created by, from a story by. Yeah. But this director wouldn't allow that. He just wouldn't allow it. So Miramax just kept offering me stacks of money. And I just kept saying, no, you don't get it. I don't want your money. I don't want to walk away for something that I'm really proud of. Yeah, exactly. I want my name on it. You know, if this is going to be a feature film, I want my name on it. And they couldn't get it. They couldn't get that. They couldn't understand why I just wouldn't take the money and go away. Well, how did he threaten you? Like, what, what would he say? Oh, look. Uh, what, did he threaten your life? Did he threaten you to kick you out of Hollywood? What did he say? He wrote me letters, I've, I've checked all the letters, and then there are things like, you know, I will personally see to it that you will never work in this town again. I, um, you know, there were kind of like statements about me which were untrue. Um, he kicked me out of the house because we shared a flat. He kicked me out. He gave me two days to get out. I had to find somewhere to live. He, while I was living there, he said, you're allowed to stay in your bedroom and use the bathroom and that's it. Um, it was just insane and he kept sliding these notes under the door it was just crazy stuff it was really really awful who is this prick Oh, yeah. I know, sorry, I can't, we can't say that on me. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Well, me and Dominic are going to make a few phone calls. Yes, yes, and, um, definitely. Hey, do you know Paul Kelly? Yeah, I do. Because yeah. Paul Kelly gave you the best advice ever, yeah? What was that? Well, he said to he said to you, is this true? If you write every day, you become a better writer. Is that right? That's what he said to me. Well, how? And, Why? And um, he also, yeah, because we used to, we knew each other for a while and, um, he used to hang out with his family a lot. And anyway, um, I was just starting out writing then, and he, he just said to me one day, you know, if you write every day, yeah, you do become a better writer. And I just went, that makes sense. Yeah. I'll do that. And it's true. You know, like, mm. it's so true. And I write a lot of stuff. Some of it gets made, some of it doesn't. But also I get to see a lot of scripts, and I can see... 
you know, I can read a script and I can just go, oh, this is an early early writer. They, they've not written that much or they've not practised that much because, yeah. you know, you just get to so used to seeing writing that has improved and being practised. Well, what, did you and Paul write songs together or anything? Or how, how, how did we you end up... We did write a song. See? Yeah. How did I know that? Oh, my God. What <laughs> song? What song? You have, you have done your research. Um, Where have we whispered? No, we did write a song called... It was based on a film that I'd written called Pussy Got Your Tongue. And um, so he basically took the concept that I had for that film and turned it into a song. What song? Pussy Got Your Tongue. Pussy Got Your Tongue? What really? is it? I don't know it, no. What it album? Was when he, it, was when he, it was on the album Captain Ratbaggy, which he did under a different name. Oh, I don't okay. know why, but yeah. he did. And so, yeah. And then when I came back from Germany, yeah. the first week I was back to the Libyan town and guess who's touring? Paul Kelly. Oh, my God. And so I go and I'm like, PK. <laughs> you call him PK? I am here. You're a I am here to see your concert. So, yeah, we had a good time. What, and you've got backstreet pass, uh, backstage passes and all that sort of stuff? Oh, yeah. Of course he did. Of course I did. Yes, did. My face is my backstage pass. No, um, that's actually a quote from some other concert. Mm. Um. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good one. Now, back in the 90s, I used to work for Beat Magazine. Nice. Oh. Uh, now, I was, uh, I was uh, their uh, debt collector. And oh, nice. You want to yeah. see him, Tanya? He doesn't look like a debt collector. No, no, no. Anyway. No. And actually, I did come over to your place uh, in in uh, St Kilda. I think it was in a marina, and you owed uh, a few dollars there. And um, Stop it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I did, did not. No, you, put in, you must have had a couple of eggs in there or something. Because I've been around there, I think I popped in there a couple of times and knocked on it. I think it was right on the, right on the marina there. He's still the, chasing you, Tanya? Yeah, I knocked on the door a couple of times. No, <coughs> then I, well, I, I came back a couple of couple of weeks later or something. I think in, in, in the end you did pay it, but I came around because it was a bit behind. Do you remember no, that? No, well, I... I'll tell you something, I was working with someone at that time who was assisting me and a lot of things disappeared. Yeah. So it wasn't oh, you. that was that, yeah. So I remember that, yeah. But um, I've written a script at the moment, actually. I'm writing it at the moment, nearly finished it, about my mm. days of debt collecting at that Beat magazine. Yeah, it's not about mm. you, it's mm. about Tanya. But Tanya, no, Tanya's a script editor, so maybe we can, I can give it to you and you can have a look at it. For sure. I'd love to. Yeah, if, like you've got, if you've got a shredder nearby, you can just chuck in the shredder. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Tanya. Well, yeah. Tanya, yeah. can I just say something quickly? Yeah. I want you to comment after this, right? Mm. Thumbelina, thumbelina, tiny little thing. Thumbelina dance, thumbelina thing. Thumbelina thing. Now. Oh, yes. Now, do you know why I brought that up? Well. Was this, was this your favourite doll growing up as a kid? Oh my God, the Werribee Whisperer told me. Yes, what? we know. We find out all this stuff. Yeah, we got this guy called How the Werribee. We got this guy How called the Werribee Whisperer. We pay yeah. big money every week. We pay big he's, money, he's and he finds out, out everything. Heaps of shit about you. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, I used to love Thumbelina. I can't believe you love Thumbelina too. I still got her. I oh bullshit! Her. Oh, yeah. Bullshit! I want to see a photo. Have, I have. I can't believe 
believe you know that. Oh, and I can't I'm believe it. And I'm thinking, how could you possibly know wow. that was my goal? The Werribee Whisperer told us we pay him big bucks. Big, big bucks. And he takes cash only. Yeah, only cash. Okay. <laughs> hey, Tanya, you're very passionate about women's issues. I mean, I've got five daughters, so I'm, 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 I'm in your corner. Now, yeah. Because we need more women politicians, yes, to make decisions for women. Is that true? Uh, I think we do. I think we just need women in general just need more power. What about you? Um, what about you, Tanya? Well, I'm actually doing a law degree. Bullshit! Power. I'm, I'm, I'm voting for you. <laughs> I'm doing this law degree because I was so tired yes. of not having power and not feeling empowered. Yeah. And now when people try to pull the shit over my eyes, I can just go, well, actually... And um, the other thing is, too, Queensland, being here in Cairns particularly, yeah. it's like I'm from the future. Oh, they're all you backward, know? are they? Like, it's really very different here for women okay. in the comedy scene. Yeah. Like, you know, it, it, it's never like at a comedy night, eight women and two guys. It's always eight men and two guys, two girls. Two girls you know, it, yeah. it would never be the other way around. But, yeah, I do really care about women's issues and I, and I often get myself into trouble fighting for them, as I did in the Cannes comedy scene, which I now won't be a part of. Um, what, 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 what? Backtrack, what? backtrack, back, back. What do you mean you're mm. not... What, what happened there at the Cannes um, Comedy Festival? No, it was just the, the comedy scene in general. I found it to be quite toxic and quite um, sexist. Yeah, yeah. And um, when I spoke out about it, um, well, that was that was a big mistake. Apparently, mm. Mm. they had a they had a competition. Yeah. Okay, at which I entered. No biggie. Yeah. Anyway, three male judges mm-hmm. and a male host in two thousand and twenty-one. Now, the only country I could think of that that would ever do that would probably be Afghanistan or North Korea. Mm, Yes. And I did call it out. I called out that in 2022, the fact that there was no women on the panel um, or hosting, I felt was not inclusive. And um, this was interpreted as sour grapes because it didn't win. And it was, and I was just like, if you guys really think that's what this is about, like, seriously, you have missed the point. I don't care. I do care, however, that when a woman walks on stage and you've got a host going, oh, here's another woman, yeah, you know, yeah. and she's going, oh, we're learning a lot about the women's stuff tonight, aren't we? You know, when that's happening. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, mm. it's 2021, guys. We've yeah, been doing this for a while. So this so, only happened last year. Hey? So this only happened last year? Yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. So they are so, really like that over there. Yeah, I just I just felt that I had to call it out because yeah. I felt that it was just a ridiculous scenario in 2021 yeah. that you would have a judging panel that was three men and then you would have a host that was a male. There was not a female representative anywhere on that stage. Yeah. And I, it just was, to me, that is not... No. What diversity is about. No, that's not. Mm. Hey, hey, you were a spokeswoman for 
I think it's Marie Stepius International. Marie, Marie Stokes, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that, what's that? It's, it's... That's a, an organisation that um, offers contraceptive help and... Um, safe abortion? Yes, safe abortion for women in third world countries and countries where governments are clamping down on this kind of thing. And, yeah, I was a spokesperson for them for a while because I felt it was a really important issue. And strangely, I think that, I mean, we're just seeing what's happening with America now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, and it's like, oh, we've got to put the women back in their place. You know, they've got to be be outspoken with that whole Me Too thing, but we should just put them back in their place. It's just insane. It's going backwards. Is Is that part of the reason you went back to study law? Because of the... Oh, because it says here it's it's about males and females for the abortion stuff, yeah? Oh, totally it is. Yeah. It, it, it involves two people. Yeah. But, you know, the thing is, though, that it's men making decisions about women's bodies. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, can you imagine if women made decisions, of, like, every male, you have to get a vasectomy, and when we think you're responsible enough, we'll undo it. Yeah, no, yeah. You, you you're, know, right. Like, you're right, you're right, you're right. I'm, I'm with you, mate. I'm with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I find it, you know, like, it, it keeps being <clears throat> argued as a moral issue. And it's not a moral no. issue at all. Mm. You know, there, there are, there's just nothing to do with morals in this argument. And I, I get tired of it. I mean, I don't think I'm going to, if I ever practice law, be a very rich lawyer. Because I really want to help people. And the people mm. who need help often can't afford it. That's right, yeah. So you're you're in you're in it for the wrong reasons, mate. I usually, am totally usually in it the law for the wrong people reasons. usually the law people yeah. want to be multi millionaires and they don't care who they fuck around. You know what I mean? Yeah. But oh, totally. Yeah. totally. And I see it in the law classes. You know, I mm. see it. I I hear the people talking, and I'm just like, uh huh, yeah. I know where you're going to end up. You're going to gouge someone by about <laughs> to get partnership at that firm on you. But um, I'm I'm. I'm just more interested, in, like I see so much stuff even here in Cairns with Indigenous people that, and disenfranchised women and homeless women and it's like that, they're the people I want to help yeah. and I'm just, I just know I'm just going to be running a voluntary legal practice somewhere. Well, that's good on you. Right, it should be more people like yeah. you, Tanya, and less people like Dom. Yeah, like me, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> he always says that. Don't yeah. laugh at him, now, please. Uh, Tanya, you've read a couple of books here, children's books here. The, the yeah. Captain and also completely Coco Bananas. Tra- the Tracy Lacey yeah. is completely mm. Cuckoo Bananas. Wow. That's the one. And that's Tracy that's Lacey that. is a classy captain. What does it mean? Yeah. What, what, what's it about? Well, this was a really great project, actually. I was approached by Scholastic to write some books. You know, there's a huge market of books available for boys, That you know, funny books for yeah. boys, but there's not that many funny books for girls. Mm. And so they said, you know, would you be interested in writing something humorous? And I was like, would I? God, yes. Um, and so I, I said about writing a book where, you know, like, there was no sort of like, oh, this person's a tomboy, this person's this. Like, the lead character, she's very outspoken, but she has traditional female pursuits, like she's a dancer. Yeah. Um, but, you know, like, I tried to sort of just scrap all those um, kind of rote 
stereotype yeah. and just look at what young girls are today. And I know so many interesting young girls who, who might be doing sport, but they're very feminine. And then other ones who, you know, like are into like really full-on sports or activities that are, that are really risky, but they're so brave, you yeah. know, like... Yeah. So I just wanted to write a book that reflected a modern young girl mm. and make it funny. And it's been hugely successful and I, I get fan mail from all over the world. Oh, good stuff. Mm. So where can you get yeah. them? Where can you get these books? Um, online at Scholastic, yep. at libraries. Yeah. Um, and... Yeah, you know, like I get fan mail from England, like mm. kids writing to me from there, and I just love it. And mm. and it's always young girls who are just like, I, it's like I'm reading about myself. Oh, beautiful. <laughs> well, that's what we need. Yeah, yes. I just love it. Tanya, can I just ask you a personal question? Um, yeah. You don't have to answer, but mate, in 1990s, when you got fired from the ABC, um, mm. you know, with the on 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 air strike and all that sort of stuff. Um, you, you hit rock bottom, yeah, and, and you turned to drugs and alcohol and, and mm. you were diagnosed with um, bipolar, yeah? No, I was diagnosed... Well, at first I was misdiagnosed as being bipolar, okay. but I was later diagnosed as having borderline, borderline personality, personality disorder. Borderline yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, what do you want to know? Well, no, know. because um, in, this, in this day and age, like, I, I was a youth worker for about... 30, 40 years, and um, mental health is a big thing in my, um, oh, you know, like, I'm really interested in stuff. Mm. So, basically, because so, I've, I've, I've worked with lots of kids that were misdiagnosed, you know, they'd say, oh, you know, he was psychotic, or he was this, or he was that, mm. and then mm. they'd just say, oh, no, bipolar disorder, or, um, you know, borderline personality. So, mm. are, are you still fighting the battle? What, what's, how did you... Look, um, okay, so first of all, with the, the drugs and alcohol, it's a very typical story. And particularly when I'd come from being so famous to having nothing, yeah, um, that was really hard to deal with. But the pain had always been there. Yeah. And, you know, in a lot of ways, fame and money, you know, took that pain away for a long time. Yeah, And then, you know, it was drugs and alcohol that brought me to my knees and meant that I sought help. Yeah. And, you know, like I've been sober for a gazillion years now. I don't even know how many years. That's, but, um, well, that's awesome. The, so you did rehab yeah. and all that sort of stuff, yeah? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and um, I did rehab seven times. Seven, seven. times? Seven. <laughs> well, no, that, that's good for all the people to listen to because, um, you know, if, if, if at first you don't succeed, you just keep going, yeah? You keep going back and you keep getting better. And, you know, then when the diagnosis of BPD came, I was kind of relieved because now I, I really knew what I was dealing with. Yeah. And I found a psychiatrist who dealt specifically with this issue. Yeah. And he was full-on strict, like there was nothing you could get away with. And, you know, like I had to sign a contract saying that I would turn up two days a week and... You know, I could never be late and I could never do this and la, 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 la. Yeah. And I did that for one year and it was a hellish year, but it was the most liberating year of my life because mm. I really managed to, not only did I manage to look at the demons that I'd been so afraid to look at, but I managed to develop some skills that I had never had in my life. Mm. Okay. That meant 
that I was able to handle myself socially in a way that was no longer going to freak people out. And so I guess the situation I'm in now is that I'm still a BPD person. Yeah. I still feel as deeply as a BPD person because that's one of the traits that you feel more deeply yeah. than most other people. But I'm not acting out on those feelings anymore. So I'm not taking drugs. I'm not self-harming. I'm not doing any of those things yeah. because of the skills I learned okay. means that I am able to sit with my very intense emotions and not harm myself because of it. So, so, but that was after intense, um, I don't know, like um, counselling and stuff with your counsellor? Intense psychotherapy. Yeah. It was really intense psychotherapy. Because for a person like you who's in, um, you know, is in, who is famous and whatever, you know, like turning up to a party or what, I, I, I sort of think, oh, shit, how are you going to get away without drinking alcohol or doing drugs with all these people? Well, I just, it just doesn't interest me anymore. I've reached the point where I'm just, I mean, occasionally, occasionally I just think, oh, Jesus, I'd love to have a whiskey right now. <laughs> but, you know, it just doesn't interest me anymore. I love the clarity that I have from not drinking. Yeah. I, I love that I'm no longer coming home and I'm embarrassed by my actions from the night before. I yeah. never have that stress. Um, I really enjoy my sober life. That's good. And what your your husband Ollie Sturm is it? Ol, um, well, if you were in Germany, you'd say Ole Sturm. Ole Sturm. Yeah. Because we're here, we say Ole. Okay. Sturm. Yeah. <laughs> so you've got a husband and uh, young kids, or one kid? Yeah, yeah. I've got um, my husband of twenty two years, and uh, we have a sixteen year old son. Okay. Mm. What's what's his yeah. son's name? Per. Pear. Pear. Um, Pear. Ulu is actually, yeah, P-E-R. Ulu is actually a Swedish name and so is Pear. Um, so Pear is actually Swedish for Peter. Oh, beautiful. beautiful. And, and are, they, mm. are they involved in um, any of the stuff that you do? Um, well, you'd be surprised how many lines I steal from my son. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I've got kids too, yeah, so I can, I can understand that. Yeah. Yes, sometimes he comes out with some doozies and yeah. I'm like, okay, I'm using that. Is, yeah. that, is that all right? <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. So you need to uh, ask his permission, of course. Sorry? So you need to ask his permission, of course, do you? Yeah, of course. Yes, of course. Of course. Yeah. Um, there you go. But, um, yeah, like, they really support me and, you know, like, we're just a really lucky family. Um, you know, we don't have a huge amount, but we have each other and that's, what we just rely on all the time. And very that's the most important thing out of the whole lot. Like as long yeah, as you're happy, great. as long as you've got people that love you and, you and you know, you feel loved and you've got a roof over your head. Yeah, it's perfect. Yeah. You know, like um, when that whole hullabaloo happened with, you know, the whole comedy thing here, I was, I was just so glad. I was coming home and I was thinking, I'm just so glad that I'm going home to two yeah. beautiful men yeah. who... I know will support me and you know a lot of people don't have that no that's what I'm saying yeah you're a very you're a very young people... you're a very lucky young woman yeah I'm lucky I got Dom yeah. anyway um, yeah. Now, come Tanya, on. we need to wrap it up there. But we want to talk about your show that's coming up next week. Yes, we um, want to come. We want to come uh, and have a Butterfly look. Club. It's in the city, is it? 
Yes, it is in the city. Uh, yeah. Carson Place, I think it is. Yeah. But if you go to the Butterfly Club website, all the details are there. Yeah. Um, Butterfly Club, com. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's a really awesome show. I got um, great reviews in at Adelaide Fringe. I got three four-star reviews and really awesome comments. So I, I couldn't be happier about this show. Wow. And, and that's called Everything, Everything Coming Up Roses. You bet it is. Oh, oh wow. Just quickly, in, a, in, a, in a maybe a couple of lines here, what it's about, so we can help you. Uh, oh, look, that. it's really about, um, you know, like I returned to Australia uh, from six years of living in Berlin, and it's all about readjusting to Australian life after being in Berlin uh-huh. and a lockdown and, you know, all that stuff. Yeah. Oh, it sounds good. Oh, we might have to mm. come down. We have to yeah, we'll have down. to come down and have a look. Oh, please do. Tell me which look. night you want to come. All right, we'll let you know. We'll, we'll come and we'll sit there with the PowerPoint so we don't like we turn the power off. Uh, <laughs> he's a comedian, Tanya. He thinks uh, he is. No, he no, thinks no, he's a comedian. No, no, no. <laughs> no yeah, can great. I use that? Yes, oh, please. No, 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 I'll sue you. I'll sue you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, All Tanya, right. we appreciate your time. It's been a pleasure talking to you, Tanya. Uh, I've, been, can... I've been a fan for years and years and years. Yep. Um, oh, thank you. And I'm yeah. so sorry I never played that money to be. I'll have to find that assistant that stole my... I reckon he made that up. I reckon he made that up. Yeah, that was funny, that. I was yeah. like, you, you, anyway, thanks for your time. Yes. Again for Tanya Lacey. Thanks, Tanya Lacey, Bloody hell, wasn't Tanya Lacey just one of the oh, best we've had? Lovely person. She's lovely just person. full of personality, isn't she? Oh, very talented. She certainly is. Hey. So much, she's done so much. Well, she's done a bit of everything. Like she started off being a dancer and then oh. she was a choreographer and then from there she did that show on the ABC. Oh, oh she's gone. You know what I mean? Now she's writing her own comedy stuff. Oh, it's good. And be. she's good mates with Paul Kelly. Oh, who wow. gave her the best advice ever? What did he say to her? Wow, and yes. If you write every day, you will become a better writer. Well, that's like you, Dom. You that's know, you right. talk. You talk crap every day. And you're yes. You're getting better and now better. Now I'm getting because, better at talking oh, crap get, all the time, aren't I? It's just, you know, you just get better and better, you know. Uh, you're very and, funny. Uh, you're very funny. <laughs> I'm going to leave this with a good I'm going to give you a nickname, actually. I call you what? Bucket. 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 Because you talk so much shit, you fill up, uh, fill up the bucket of shit. Ah, <laughs> you are a comedian, aren't you? Next time yeah, the Worthy yeah, yeah, Whisperer yeah. asks you for a joke, you yeah, can use that. Yeah, yeah. You buckle like you're not theatrical. Are we going to go and see your show there? You're going to put out. Yes, yes. We're definitely going to go and see Tanya's show. Yes. Yep. And her show's called Everything Coming Up the Rose, which we're looking forward to. Yes! And that wraps up the show first. Well, can I just say one thing? Yep. A good connection can be ruined over the simple fact you miscommunicated or chose not to communicate at all. A good connection can be easily lost because you chose to ghost instead of speaking on your fears, feelings and intentions. Just think about that, Tony. Yeah. Just think about that we, we, next time you try and put shit on me. Yeah, where'd you steal that from? No, I just made that up. Oh. No, yeah. I didn't. Anyway, go on, finish okay, it. Okay, don't forget if you like the show, please subscribe. Like, subscribe. Like, uh, yes. Hit the like button on our, yes. on our wherever you listen to podcasts, Apple, uh, Podbean, Spotify. Tanya Lacey, uh, what a bloody legend. Yeah, yeah, wherever you listen to podcasts. So, so uh, like I always say, there should be more people like, um, uh, like Tanya, Tanya Lacey, Lacey less yeah. people like you, Dom. Like so. <laughs> You are a bloody comedian. I'm Tony Sharp, Ralph Nardella. And I'm the Medicum Tony Sharp. Shit, I didn't go that far because I've just been crook.
and I'm just getting over it. So, okay. Is that it? Well, I'm Tony Sean from Alpha Nadal. And I'm Dominic Antonio Salvara. Thank you. We'll see you next time on Shankar. Shankar.